What is the perception of information security? Part one. Welcome to the Exploring Information Security Podcast, where you will learn, explore, and grow your security mindset. I am your host, Tim DeBlock, and in this episode, we will be exploring what is the perception of information, or should I say, cyber, air quotes, security. With me today to do that is Chris Madalena of eCentire. Chris, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Excellent. Fantastic. Um, So let's get to the tough question right away. What is the perception of information or should we? Okay, so let's set the standard. Should we go cyber or information security? Oh, man, I, you know, I I think that actually plays a lot into the the perception of it as a whole, too, is is which way you go with it. Uh, I usually say uh, information security just because infosec is a lot, <laughs> it's a lot faster to I say. I, I think a lot, of, and I think a lot of people use use it, it, one infosec. I think infosec is so so much cooler than sysec or cybersec or you know whatever. Yep. And cyber, like back in my day, you know, back back way back in like the two uh, thousand in the early years of the internet, meant a whole different thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, no, I was. <laughs> Um, I was so around for that. So information security seems more of the proper term, and I think I, I think a lot of information security professionals essentially are burnt out on the word cyber because it's it's everywhere. It's very it's very flashy, very cyber. You know, you can't say yeah, inf- information. You can't say that. There's a lot of punch to it. Yeah. So what what is the uh, perception of information security in the real world? Yeah. So, I mean, we were kind of talking about this uh, before we started recording. Was I feel like we have a kind of a complicated relationship with the people who aren't in InfoSec or aren't heavily involved in it uh, because it's really hard to look at security from the outside and, and accept it at face value because a lot of it is people telling you to do things that you haven't had to do before, you don't really want to do. It's going to make your job a little bit harder, um, at least up front. Uh, you're going to have to get used to some new security controls and you just don't really want to do it and you don't really understand why anyone would want you to do it. Um, it can kind of be summed up and I was having a, uh, in a conversation I had with, uh, with a, a, a high-ranking uh, C-level executive of, of a rather large company um, a few weeks ago. And uh, he, knew, he knew what I did and we were having a conversation about, uh, about security and he kept saying uh, how great he, uh, how great he thought the the field I was in was because it was a really great racket, and he didn't mean it you know to be negative. He uh, you know he appreciated it um, and wasn't being totally down on security, but he kept calling it a racket. And part of his reasoning behind that was there are industries that he felt need security. Banks need security. Because of course they do, you know there are companies that need security, but he felt that we have persuaded everyone to believe they need, uh, you know, their own sock that they need security in their company when they don't really, you know. So we've managed to somehow expand what should be a small industry into a much larger one by convincing everyone they should give us a job no matter what industry they're in. So we've therefore, to, you know, to kind of use his, his words, made sure that we have a job almost in every single company. <laughs> and that kind of took me off guard, uh, that idea that 
there were companies that didn't need security because the information they had wasn't valuable um, or that it wasn't uh, of interest to to criminals. Well, uh, and so, and so, so so that's kind of like a that's kind of like a bottom line type of thing. So you think uh, think about like the Sony thing and some of the comments that their C level executive made with in regards to mm-hmm. if I can if I can pay for a security breach at like a million versus putting in you know staff and appliances for ten million, I'm actually making out at the end there. You know, so yeah, I, I think, absolutely. I think that's, that's some of the perception there. Yeah, he he mentioned the idea of cybersecurity insurance and that, you know, if he can staff a whole sock, you know, paying them fifty to seventy thousand dollars a year for like a dozen people, you know, he's considered like, Oh yeah, you have a really great security team, like, but I can pay, you know, like a hundred thousand and cover myself, you know, for any legal fees that might come from a security breach. It's like, why wouldn't I just do that? Uh, and I, I like to think that I was able to at least persuade him a little bit that there was value to uh, uh, to the personal, you know, whether it was just personal identifying information that they might have, uh, credit card numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he thought I mean, his kind of counter to it is like, but he's like, you know, you just you just call up the credit card company. It's like that's their job, you know, to, that if someone steals your credit card, they'll give you a new one. They they cover the cost. He goes, you know, why why should I pay? you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars every year plus training, you know, plus office space, all that for security people when I can have insurance and then just kind of do, you know, have the IT people do like the basic security stuff. And a lot of that I think comes from this, this old understanding of, of what a, a hacker, you know, was maybe up to just a few years ago. You know, we've, uh, kind of started seeing a better class of criminal in a way as we've made security better we've made it harder for you know people to get at some of the really easy stuff it's no longer that easy at least you know unless someone makes a horrible mistake and we do see that from time to time you know people can't just easily grab credit card numbers from a company or uh, or really great information that's of value to them so you end up with people who are the real threat of the people who are able to get in there, sit around for a while, and steal information from you. Um, like I know uh, friends of mine who are pen testers. Um, I do I do red team activities, and you know I have clients who are still interested in the idea of sort of the capture the flag mentality. You know, try to get domain admin is often what they want. You know, try to access this particular system. And a lot of that's an old mindset where they they perceive their security as we're trying to keep you from owning us, from coming in here and becoming domain admin. But the criminals that are really coming after those big companies that are spending lots and lots of money to protect domain admin, the hackers aren't trying to, uh, you know, join their IT department and become domain, you know, become a sysadmin for them. What they're trying to do is just get in there and access information. They want to go in there and steal R and D. They want to find out where you're getting your your parts from. You know how much are you paying? You know wh- what is your markup? They want to steal your business so that then they can walk away with it and you're done. You know there's nothing really more to say because they don't they don't need domain admin to get that. Um, we we were talking about phishing also before recording, and that's another thing. You know I'll I do a lot of the phishing for for Decentire and. Uh, 
one of the things I try to really stress to our, uh, to our clients when I'm presenting the report to them is letting them know that, hey, I got this many people. And it's really great that, uh, you know, this person reported the phishing email or, you know, I will only managed to get a, a handful of people versus whatever our average is. Uh, but one thing that I, I really want to stress is that I want you to go, I want you to look at this report and I want you to take a hard look at everyone that I successfully fished. I want you to figure out what kind of control they have in your, in your network. What do they have access to? What network drives can they see? All that kind of thing to figure out how bad would it have been if I was actually after something of yours. Um, I don't know how many of them actually do that after the fact, uh, but it's definitely something I try to drill into them in the report and when I present it because a lot of uh, people still look at security as uh, kind of like I was saying, it's like it's been thrust upon them. They don't really need it. Um, it's almost like it's, uh, you know, you know, like stranger danger for adults. Like you're telling them the obvious stuff. Like don't click on don't click on bad links. Well, I, I I know all about bad links. I don't need I don't need to pay you a salary to sit there and tell me not to click on bad links. But they don't have a, a full understanding of uh, the value that like a an actually trained infosec expert will bring to their company. So 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 how do we change that perception then? So. I mean, should we start treating them a little bit more like adults or because within the IT industry, you know, users have kind of a bad reputation because they, they do a lot of silly thing, dumb things on a regular basis. So I mean, it's and I guess so how do they how do we change the perception of security in that regard? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we I think treating people like adults and taking the time to educate them uh, is a big deal. Uh, I, I gave a presentation at, um, at, at B-Sides Detroit uh, this, this past weekend or, or two weekends ago. Um, well, by the, time this, by the time this podcast came out, it was mid-July. So Okay, yeah, yeah. So it was mid-July. Uh, I also gave um, uh, this presentation at Circle City Con in June um, where I, I talk a lot about the idea that there's, there's training that, and the, which is often what we give to users, what we give to executives and middle managers and employees. Um, and that's sometimes it's dated. Uh, you know, look over this old document that we drew up five years ago on how to defend yourself against phishing. Um, and training usually ends up taking shortcuts. Like you're, you're telling someone, hey, here's what a phishing email is. Look for a bad link. Look for, you know, these items. Um, and it's probably going to come in the form of like a fake invoice or like a social media notification. You know, you give some examples and you drill it into their head that this is what they should look for. But you're not educating them how to really defend themselves. You're telling them to be a watchdog for a very particular thing that probably isn't even done anymore. Right. Um, and often that training is given to, you know, low-level employees, uh, not the C-level executives, not the middle managers, because the middle managers are said, hey, send people to training, and they exempt themselves, they send everyone under them. <laughs> and then the executives yeah. don't want to go to it, so they get like a, a brief version of it, their own special version, and they just don't right. go either. Um, you know, and, and to you know, kind of talk about phishing, that's where we're seeing a lot of activity now, is people are being specifically targeted because they're a middle manager, and they're like, you probably haven't been trained how to defend yourself against phishing, or you didn't probably didn't pay attention, and I'm not going to send you a social media invite, I'm going to send you, uh, you know, this totally 
you know, banal looking thing that you probably, you know, I think you'll click on because I checked you out on LinkedIn. It matches up with your interests. You know, they're going to specifically spearfish, you know, a small collection of managers or C-level executives. They're not really trying to do like the scattershot approach of just hit everyone in the lower ranks and see what, see what you get. But that's still effective too, because we haven't actually educated them. Um, (laughs) Whereas, you know, I'm kind of using educate as the, as a different term to say like it's training, but you explain to them why they should look for a certain thing. You're going through and explaining, here's why this is this way. And here's why it's relevant to you, which I think is what a lot of uh, security education is lacking is yeah, we do kind of teach them, uh, teach uh, users like children in a lot of the ways. We tell them like, hey, don't right. don't put your hand on the stove; it's hot. And you know, in that kind of scenario, it's well, yeah, it's it's hot because it's the stove. So you should just know that, right? But they don't know why they shouldn't be touching the hot stove. <laughs> they we're not actually explaining to them why you know that particular thing is bad. Right. Uh, we're not explaining to them you know, why it's relevant to them. Um, you know, there's, there's still users. I know there's people in my family, um, friends <laughs> of mine that, that are like, oh, well, yeah, I know all about what you do for a living. But when I try to tell them, like, you should apply that to yourself at home, they go, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm not a business. Because a lot of our media and a lot of our training focuses on enterprise, uh, enterprise security. Yep. So, you know, everything you see in the news is, well, Sony was hacked. You don't really hear too much about what happens, uh, at least not in sort of the mainstream news. You see it in some of like, you know, Ars Technica or, you know, tech, uh, more tech-savvy websites. Right. Talk about users being targeted by malware, um, you know, whether it's like a rat or just something that's going to steal their personal information. Um, you know, one of the big things that a user needs to look out for is becoming part of a botnet. You know, that, that sort of thing. Um, and users don't realize that their computers are so fast now, they're still, many of them still kind of look back at the 90s and go, I remember I had a virus once. It made my computer run dog slow. <laughs> right, there was like weird right. pop-ups. It was really weird. I reloaded Windows and it fixed it. So I, I had a virus. Right. But they think like, well, I have Semantic installs. So that'll protect me. And my computer's running fine. So, right. you know, everything's good. They don't and, understand what what can happen. So that's actually something that I've tried to start doing is – Within my organization is is we have like a monthly newsletter and I, we have a blog mm-hmm. post. I'd probably get maybe two readers a week, two readers <laughs> a month, maybe. I don't know. But one of the things that we that I try to do is I try to try to see if I can to, to um to to improve their security awareness and mindset is to kind of tie that in back to home. So, so that, you know, cause like you said, I think that's a very important thing is that, that a lot of our stuff is, is catered kind of like to the enterprise, but a lot of the stuff that, that, that can be done at the organization that can improve their mindset can also be done at home. Um, checking, you know, just being mindful of stuff like checking credit cards on a regular basis. We had our local zoo got compromised and I read about it on Brian Krebs and we actually shot out an email to everybody saying, Hey, you might want to check your credit card. If you were to the gift yeah. shop or the concession stand <laughs> during this time period, Go get a new credit card, and oh, by the way, here's some ways to you know pay attention to your credit on a reg- your, your credit card on a regular basis. And and the business for that is that if they've got to go deal with some identity fraud, that's going to take them away from work. 
So, I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's teaching them to be at home. It's, you know, it's kind of just being more of a, hey, we're not here to just drill in, stop clicking on links and stuff. It's here to uh, benefit them as well. And so that's that's one of the things we're trying to do as far as changing the perception of security is, is trying to show them that we can be some benefit outside of work. Yeah, I think that, that that's that's really awesome. I'm glad you guys do that. I think that's really good because it, it is really hard to demonstrate why it's relevant to someone or you know try to pitch a, an executive on well here's why we need a, another security analyst or you know we want right. why here's why we want to do a pen test or whatever without falling back on the really easy motivator which is that fear you know right. saying like well right. we, we, we don't want to be Sony you know which is totally fine you know when framed properly but it's so often you see you know news articles or blog posts where there someone's trying to explain why security is relevant, uh, you know, to to whatever, to an industry, to a certain company, or just to people in general, and it's it's really hard to uh, to get that point across without falling back on that, you know, that that really reliable uh, motivator, just fear, fear, and letting them like, well, you don't want you don't want this to happen to you, but then you know that just makes people scared and. They overreact or they just think like, well, I'm not interesting enough to be targeted, so it's not going to happen <laughs> to me. And you know, so you haven't really accomplished anything to, right. to let them know like, well, yeah, you're probably right. Maybe you won't be compromised uh, you know, this year or maybe you're not very interesting to be targeted. But it doesn't mean you can't just be scooped up in some really big, you know, just scattershot phishing campaign or, you know, something like that. Right. So – I find it interesting that you also said that, you know, executives are not um, like they're not going to this training. They're sending the lower staff to it, but they kind of like, oh, I got a phone call to go out. And I've seen that happen before, too. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and but I think and so I think as security professionals, I think we could step up and try to look for opportunities to sit in front of managers and C-level executive type stuff. One of the things we have is, and my organization is very much a pro-security type of environment, so it's, it's a lot easier for me, or other, other organizations can be a little bit tougher, but you know, one of the things that I've done is I've, I've given a talk, like a quick five, 10 minute talk on like phishing emails and what we've seen within the organization. And to have an impact, I, you know, I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try some. I'm going to throw some memes in here. So we, we take these, we, we, a lot of people build these slide decks for our security conferences. They put these funny memes in, some memorable yep. memes. And so I decided to apply that to the executives. Now, you also have to realize that you're dealing with what your, what your audience is. So I can't use any memes that recently maybe they don't understand. So I went mm -hmm. for a Star Wars meme, and I used Admiral Akbar. <laughs> three times in my slide deck to an executive showing them about phishing email, like the current phishing emails that we're seeing. So I'm also kind of showing them kind of the tactics and stuff. I'm not saying don't click on this, but I'm saying here's some, and I'm showing them like funny stuff. That's like one of the phishing. I love the phishing emails that are like, um, uh, this, you know, clicking on links within an email can be a security violation, you know, type, like it's an actual security warning within a phishing email, which I always love to see. <laughs> but, but, you know, I did that talk and everything and, and people seemed to like it. And the next day um, I had our our uh, assistant executive director from the, the the HR director call me yelling, it's a trap into the phone <laughs> and asking me about a phishing email that, uh, that she or a suspicious email that she got. So, you know, you can I, I because they're C-level executives doesn't mean that they don't they're not people either. You know, so I think sometimes that can be a little bit intimidating, but, you know, taking I think, and I think as information security professionals, we need to be up there 
uh, informing them on that kind of stuff and kind of showing them the benefit. Like, like you said, I love that you said that it's, it's fear has been a very uh, a tool that we've used to motivate people, but we can also look at it from a different angle and try to show the benefit of security. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. That you know, definitely know your audience, and you know, certainly there's probably C-level executives that you could give a presentation to that would want a very like straight-laced presentation. Um, but I think that's also how how they'd get the information. But yeah, if you can, you can get a hook like that where someone thinks of Admiral Akbar and gets a laugh when they're looking at an email, and that gets them to you know right. to, to look at the attachment a little bit more closely. You know, look right. at the email header. Perfect. Um, the, the other thing I was thinking about for um, as far as perception is uh, well, well, a, a couple of things is, uh, and I think it would it'd help with the executives too if we could actually figure out uh, how to present this. Is I, I know I see a lot of conversations whether it's on Twitter or people giving a presentation at a security conference, blog posts. Um, is the security people don't want to be considered IT, like you know they want to be considered hmm. security. Um, which, which I, I personally agree with. I do think that it's a, it's different enough and kind of what we've been talking about. There's, you know, we should be out there training people. We should be explaining things. We should, um, you know, be the guiding factor. We want to be the guidance that, yeah. 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 We want to guide. We don't want to be infrastructure because we really, that's not what we do. Um, you know, we work with infrastructure, we work within it and we look at logs and things like that, but we're not there to, uh, to maintain things that were there to to guide and and look out for people and but uh there's also this kind of this attitude where some people get so like no we're not i t we don't want to be considered i t <laughs> that i I've talked to i t people that actually like quite a few people that I know that are whether they're developers uh that are you know in i t um or uh, you know q like a people are people you know people that are actually like network admins sysadmins. And they'll ask me, uh, like, oh, yes, yeah, so you work in IT. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'll casually, like, oh, no, I, I'm, I do security. And they're like, yeah, that's IT. <laughs> and and i will be like, well, no, and I'll try to explain. And, right. so, and it's, I realize it's, a, it's Admiral Act, it's a trap. Because, yeah. yeah. Because they'll be like, well, I'm a developer, I'm IT. I don't say we're developers. Right. You're IT. And it's like, there's been this weird. I think without totally meaning to, we've kind of alienated a lot of the people we have to work with to make them mm-hmm. feel like we're like, no, 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 we're not one of you. We're security. Right. <laughs> and that will do it for part one of what is the perception of information security. Hopefully you learned something. If you didn't, drop me a line on Twitter at Timothy Dblock or email me at timothy.dblock at gmail.com and let me know what you didn't learn and we'll try to cover it in a future podcast. Have a good one.